Now on view at SCAD Fash, Manish Aurora's Life is Beautiful. Renowned for dazzling designs and a rainbow of colors, Manish Aurora has brought the talent and craftsmanship of India's rich sartorial history to the global forefront, earning international acclaim on runways across three continents. Designing in India since the 1990s, Aurora's glittering garments celebrate extravagant expressions of self through varied materials, techniques, and silhouettes in a triumphant union of Western and Eastern aesthetics adapted to today's multicultural society with a touch of humor. Find out more at scadfash.org. Support for WABE comes from 100 Miles, a nonprofit committed to preserving Georgia's 100-mile coast. Protecting this critical coastal ecosystem takes all of us. Watch the stories of the innovators and future leaders who help keep our coast flowing at OurGeorgiaCoast.org. W-A-B-E in Atlanta, this is City Lights. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. The new production from Atlanta Lyric Theater is the London and Broadway hit Matilda the Musical. The show is based on Roald Dahl's story of a little girl from an abusive home who finds refuge in books and as she bravely stands up against the adults in her world, discovers her remarkable powers. We'll hear from 11-year-old actor Marissa Bondurant, who plays the role of Matilda, and director Bethany Irby. Also later in the program, music contributor Vaughn Phoenix and our series Punk Black to Go. First, Pride Month celebrations around the world are in full force, and Georgia is among them. The annual Southern Fried Queer Pride Festival is this weekend. It begins tomorrow evening, from drag pageants to hot sauce dance parties and more. Avery Willis, the disability advocate and volunteer and outreach coordinator for Southern Fried Queer Pride, joins me now via Zoom to talk more about the festivities. Avery, welcome to City Lights. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here talking with you. Well, please tell us about the organization Southern Fried Queer Pride and its mission. Absolutely. So Southern Fried Queer Pride started about seven years ago. Um, it was created by some black and brown queer and trans people here in the heart of Atlanta who wanted to see ourselves be more represented in the pride celebrations around us. A lot of times the faces that you see in media are more white faces or cisgender faces. And it's very easy to feel a little lost. And Atlanta is such a home to uh, black ingenuity and black creation and art. And we wanted to make sure that we are showing ourselves in the same way. So Southern mm -hmm. Fried Queer Pride is an arts and advocacy organization. Our goal is to create community here in the South. Um, we have our home chapter here in Atlanta. We have a satellite chapter in Durham, North Carolina, and we've worked with artists all across the Southeast in the United States. Our festival is our biggest event every year. Uh, it brings in over a thousand attendees every time. And the rest of the year, we try to put on three to five events every month. And these are always focused on our artists, on people in the community, bringing people together. We have uh, galleries, we do video screenings, we had done a tax workshop, anything that we can do to help those around us and to bring other people together. Yours is a very active organization. I'm curious about your responsibilities at SFQP. What does being a disability advocate entail? 
So I myself am a disabled person. Um, I deal with both physical and non-visible disabilities. And a lot of times public spaces can be difficult for me to navigate. And I wanted to ensure that SFQP as an organization by and for the people is able to make our spaces more accessible for everyone around us. And so my job entails making sure that we have accurate accessibility information for every event. If you check out our Facebook, all of these specific event pages have a section titled accessibility and it lets you know about ramp access, about restroom access, the number of people that will be there, whether there will be masks, whether there will be loud noises. And for all of our larger events, such as the hot sauce dance party, we'll have a quiet room for people who maybe need a chance to slow down, just get a little bit of space away from the bigger crowds. And essentially, I just want to make sure that everyone who wants to have a chance to be there is given that chance to show up to the best of their ability. And if they need a chance to step away, that we're able to give that to them as well. Truly inclusive and very important. Avery, you are also a drag performer, Aries Alexander. What can you tell us about this drag king persona? I started drag in 2019 as a member of a competition called Macho Man Brawl at <laughs> Mary's in the East Atlanta Village. It was started by a drag king named Mystery Meat, and he wanted to give more visibility to drag king performers because generally when people hear the word drag they think of drag queens they think of rupaul's drag race they think of uh gowns and pageantry and there's many sides to drag it's just a form of artistry that kind of pokes fun at gender and by starting this competition i realized it was so much fun for me to be the one poking that fun at mm. gender. Um, so I've been performing as Aries Alexander for uh, just over three years now. I have performed in Atlanta, in Asheville, in Charlotte, in Knoxville. I've had the opportunity to meet some incredible performers, both locally to the cities that I've been in and some of our more nationally known performers that have been on TV shows. And it's an incredible opportunity to get a chance to share myself and my feelings on the world in such a public space. Can you tell us something about your costumes or your dress for these shows? My persona, uh, my tagline is Atlanta's premier pop punk poppy. And so <laughs> I tend to have outfits that you would consider someone in like the original days of fallout boy or panic at the disco to wear so lots of ripped denim and layers i like wearing platform shoes because i am five foot three and if i stand on stage without them it's difficult for people beyond the front row to see me most recently i was in a show called manhole at noni's on edgewood and performed the song by Lizzo about damn time which has a lot of disco vibes behind it and I performed it as kind of a trans anthem and so I had a very metallic and shiny disco themed look so silver go-go boots a silver leather belt shiny blue bell bottoms a white satin shirt and a pink satin vest fantastic now there should be no problem seeing that from any seat in the house Absolutely. <laughs> if you are just joining us, this is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. My guest is Avery Willis, the disability advocate and volunteer and outreach coordinator for Southern Fried Queer Pride. Let's talk about this weekend's festivities. What is the Peach Pit pageant? So Peach Pit pageant is SFQP's annual drag pageant. Um, we have competitors join us uh, based on a theme, and that theme is usually central to the same kind of goals and ideas of the festival. So this year, our advertising and our flyers were kind of based on a theme like Freaknik used to be in Atlanta with street art and graffiti ideas. 
and the goal of just being yourself as openly as possible. So the theme for the Peach Pit pageant this year for our presentation category is Get Freaky. And we're leaving that open to interpretation for our competitors, but show us what that means to you. So the competitors will have three categories, a presentation where they'll show us a look either of their own construction or of their own design. They will have a Q&A portion um, where they'll be able to share their personality and their thoughts. And there will be a talent portion. Usually that ends up being a lip sync because that's the core of what drag is. But we've had people do a miniature how-to on stage. We've had people dance. We've had people share art. We've had people do poetry. So I'm very excited to see what our competitors bring to the stage this year. Our winner every year goes on to complete programming with Southern Fried Queer Pride. And some of our examples from the past include No Boys Allowed, which was a space that was specifically centered around women and non-binary people, giving a home for any thoughts and feelings and community sharing that may not be able to happen in the day-to-day world where there's a lot of focus on men. And then another one of our biggest ones was Weave Stock, which was created by Susan Alexander, who's a member of my house. And Weave Stock is an all-Black drag stage production. It's like if the lip syncs of a drag show met the theatricality of a scripted musical. Oh, wow. That sounds fantastic. Now, we mentioned the hot sauce. On Friday, there will be a hot sauce dance party, and that is spelled H-A-W-T. Who are some of the DJs featured? So we always try to do our best to bring in DJs from around the South, not just highlighting the talent that we hear, have here in Atlanta, but also across the Southeast, because there are incredible performers of every possible kind, just about everywhere. And so this year, our hot sauce dance party features Gemini from The Conjure in Durham, North Carolina, Zeta from Atlanta with Morph, La Superior from Atlanta with Locha Lupeca, and Yoni Yacht Club also from Atlanta. Hmm. Saturday and Sunday, I see there will be an artist market and Queer Threads thrift shop. Are the people at the booths local LGBTQ plus artisans? That is correct. So we put out our call for artists earlier this year um, and invited people to submit their art. And we're very much looking forward to having two days of an artist market this year. Uh, We have in the past historically only been able to do one, but we had so many incredible submissions. Very excited to extend it. There will be local artists. We have, I know for a fact that we have at least one person who brings vintage clothing. Um, We have a leather worker. We have someone who does uh, plushes and buttons. Um, We usually have folks who do prints. There are people who create tarot cards. It is just about every kind of art that you could think of, and it's all going to be there for us to see. And where is it located? So our entire festival is going to be happening at iDrum Gallery and in the parking lot outside of it. Please tell us about the Sweet Tea Queer Variety Show. Sweet Tea is Atlanta's longest running queer variety show. And it's usually our biggest event of the festival outside of the dance party. It's also one of our most popular events that we do throughout the year. It generally happens at least two or three times. And we have talents of all different kinds. Um, We've had comedians, we've had poets, we've had dancers, we've had rappers and singers and drag performers. And so this year we have an incredible lineup. Um, featuring some drag performers, featuring live music. We have Breezy, um, a drag performer, Coco Iman Star, Convict Julie, Jamie Cornelia, Jenna Camille, Supreme BG, and all hosted by Taylor Alexander, our co-founder and executive director. Hmm. Why do you want to make this show accessible to all ages? It's extremely difficult in the queer community to find yourself, especially when you're younger. And a lot of queer spaces 
tend to be bars. They're 21 plus, there's alcohol. It's not necessarily accessible for people who are younger or people who are addicts or in recovery, or even people who just don't drink. It's still a nighttime event, which isn't always accessible for everyone, but it is the best time for our show. But we want this to be accessible to all ages because everyone deserves a chance to see art and to see themselves represented in community and to feel seen in that community. We want everyone to have the chance that we've all had ourselves to walk into a space and say, I'm home. Mm. That leads to my next question. How does having a safe queer space such as this festival and organization help our community as a whole? I think it's really important for all communities to feel seen and to feel heard. And the more that we're able to do that for the least represented of us, the more we're able to do it for everyone. SFQP was started by and for queer and trans people, but it's open for everyone. We want everyone to feel like there's a space. You are welcome here. We want you to be here. And we are asking you to be here to join us because it's one thing to say that a space is open and it's another to actively reach out and bring in people. SFQP currently does not have our own building. That is something that we've been working on for years. But our goal is whatever space that we are in to make it as accessible, to make it as open and loving and accepting for every person who might want to walk through our doors. If you've felt lost or you've felt without a home somewhere, we want to be that home for you. Avery Willis, the disability advocate and volunteer and outreach coordinator for Southern Fried Queer Pride. The festival begins tomorrow evening and runs through Sunday. More information is on our website, wabe.org slash citylights. It's time now for our segment, Speaking of the Arts, where we profile some of the creative artists who call Atlanta home. My name is Ricky Prosper, and I make pop culture concepts. I've worked on all sorts of projects, from designing pinball machines based off famous hip-hop album covers, to recreating some of my favorite books as a kid, as if current rappers wrote them. As a kid, I was always doodling in class. I had a really awesome and supportive art teacher, Ms. Turner, and she really helped motivate me. But my main motivation are my parents. They are both creative in their own right, especially my mom. I remember as a kid, she would Photoshop my friends' heads and mine onto characters like Batman and the Ninja Turtles, and it just rocked my world. I think I carry a bit of that surrealism in my art today. She was a real motivation to me and continues to be to this day. I'm also super motivated by other artists I see all the time through social media. People are always making such amazing stuff and I feel like I have to push myself to get on their level and get noticed. I also just like to have fun when making art, so that carefree feeling also motivates me to keep going and not get burnt out. It's hard to beat the culture that Atlanta exhumes. Two of my favorite things are hip-hop music and cartoons, and Atlanta is hubs to both. With so many amazing musicians and networks like Cartoon Network being based here, it really has it all. One of my favorite ways to enjoy new art in the city has to be just hopping on my bike and seeing all the new murals and graffiti that pops up on the daily. We have huge commission pieces like murals on apartment buildings to the Crog Street Tunnel where graffiti is basically legal and is constantly being tagged in different and creative ways. You can see all my work all over social media at Ricky Prosper. Pop culture concept artist Ricky Prosper and our series Speaking of the Arts. You can learn more about Prosper's work on our website, wabe.org. In a moment, we'll catch up with music contributor Vaughn Phoenix for this month's edition of Punk Black to Go. Amplifying Atlanta, this is WABE.
The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Wrights. It's great to have you along. It's time to check in with City Lights music contributor Vaughn Phoenix. Vaughn is the president and co-founder of Atlanta's cultural and media phenomenon Punk Black. And he joins us monthly to highlight artists of color performing in a variety of musical arenas, many of which break stereotypes and expectations. Here's Vaughn Phoenix with this month's edition of Punk Black To Go. Greetings, my friends. I'm WAB City Lights music contributor Vaughn Phoenix, and this is Punk Black To Go. For the unfamiliar, Punk Black is a media network that features people of color in the rock, art, cosplay, and neuro communities. Each month, I'll be bringing you bands from the punk black scene that I love, you know, that I know you'll fall in love with as well. Before we get to that, let's go into another random punk black story. Uh, not so random. It ties into the fact that we're actually going to be in NOLA for our first festival pretty soon um, in July um, at a Gaza Gaza and at my favorite tea shop of all time, Queenly Conjure. So like our tie in, this story is about New Orleans, specifically my first time being in New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> It was an insane, crazy experience. So we're super excited to go to New Orleans. Uh, we do all this preparation. Actually, not enough preparation. We were super young. We bought a $500 van. It broke down several times. It broke down so much that by the time we got to New Orleans, we had to play on the streets of Bourbon Street just to make money for gas and repairs and stuff to get back home. You know, I had pretty much resigned to just being in New Orleans the rest of my life. Um, it, was, it was insane. Definitely good experience for us as um, young musicians but overall it was an insane trip it's crazy because all of my trips to new orleans are magical now the uh, biggest takeaway or most hilarious takeaway from it is i remember specifically before i went on the trip my mom who was the mvp of my life shout out to her she encouraged me to basically just make smarter choices with like this tour just like hey do you think about this hey maybe you should do this hey you know and you know she was trying to encouraged me to join the military at the time. You know, just, you know, moms want you to be secure. There's nothing wrong with that. So um, she was trying to get me to make more secure choices. And at that time, being the angsty uh, emo person I was, I just took it as my mom not really encouraging my craft. So, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, go I'm going to make it, mom. You know, I'm going to go on this <laughs> this tour in this $500 van. I'm just going to make all this big bucks. I'm going to get, you know, awards and everything like that. And I think I told her specifically that I was like, I'm going to get an award and I will not thank you on some really, really childish, complete, complete, utter emo nonsense. But of course, the trip went insane. You know, even after making money on Bourbon Street, we drove the uh, the van back and ended up getting stuck in Alabama just because it just broke down so much and we just had no money to get back. And I remember calling my mom, <laughs> being so embarrassed and being like, Mom, can you come pick me up? I'm in Alabama. We're stuck. You know, the van broke down, blah, blah, blah. And I could just hear the smirk in my mom's voice a bit. And she was just like, yeah, no, um, you're going to have to figure this out on your own. Um, she has work, you know, she's busy. She was like, you're going to have to, you got to figure this one out. You know, it's not like I was really, really far away. Alabama's like two hours. So I just had to, you know, call another friend or phone a friend or whatever to, to get back. But I learned so many lessons in that trip. And um, of course, one of the main ones being listen to my mom. <laughs> and to plan better. But that was the random story. Um, again, we'll be in NOLA at the beginning of July at uh, Gaza Gaza and Queenly Condra, and it's going to be dope. But enough of that. Let's jump to the bands for this month. First up, we have We Don't Ride Llamas. So 
just go just go ahead and accept this but i'm gonna have to activate my proud dad mode for this one um and probably others actually not only does we don't ride llamas have an amazing evolving and like really universal sound we've seen their glow up and it's been crazy intense and inspiring they've always been amazing always had like a great sound had a really really cool look but we saw them um you know because we had them play during our virtual festivars they went from performing in their garage to performing in front of friggin willow smith as the opening band we're super super proud of them they're super amazing um really can't wait to see what they do next as a band but enough of my chit chat about them listen to this sample of venus and mars i know you're gonna dig it That was Venus and Mars by We Don't Ride Llamas. You can find them on Instagram at WDRLL. That is the initials for We Don't Ride Llamas and two L's because Llama has two L's in it. <laughs> Next up, we have Kwai. Actually, I can't say it on the radio. <laughs> we have Kwai AF. Y'all know what it means. Um, I'm honestly glad I turned on the proud dad mode because this sentiment definitely carries over to Kwai. They've grown so much over the years. They've conquered many aspects of running a band that I've seen other bands struggle for years. Bands in their 30s, 40s, 50s, young bands, old bands, whatever, they have not mastered the same techniques that are like seen as basic, but really, really hard. It's like learning the first techniques of being a Jedi or something like that. And Kwai F is mastered a lot of those they have great music they have a great image and a really really good sense of self these things have sort of helped them propel on multiple social media platforms and they've seen some really really groovy success on tiktok but enough of my bragging again you know these are my babies y'all this is a sample of their song 2007 called and they want their jeans back That was 2007 called They Want Their Jeans Back by Kwai AF. You can find them on Instagram at Kwai AF Official. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-A-F Official. Last up, we have Alenia. This band has an amazing sound, super good look, and honestly, a really great sense of community. They have the kind of music that makes you like literally want to build like little mini mosh pits. So, you know, sometimes solo mini mosh pits or mosh pits with your cat, you know, maybe one and a half mosh pits in your living room. But to add fuel to the fire of their amazingness, they really tap onto the scene to support themselves, so to support others, and to support Punk Black. Um, they're, you know, been a really good source for us, and I know they're a really good source for other bands around them. I can definitely see them growing to be a really huge band um, as far as their overall sound, but also like bringing up and helping the development community around them. That's actually a pretty big takeaway from us being like a punk block organization that's really focused on that. But they're definitely a band you should keep your eye on, point blank, period. But listen for yourself. This is their sample of Bow to None.
was bow to none by Alenia. You can find them on Instagram at A-L-E-N-I-A Alenia. Well, my friends, that's all I have for you this month. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. WB appreciates it. You know, y'all are beautiful. We really love y'all. Um, I really look forward to bringing you some more music next month. For WAB City Lights, I'm music contributor Vaughn Phoenix. Y'all be safe out there and be kind to each other. Music contributor Vaughn Phoenix and our series Punk Black to Go. More information about the bands Vaughn mentioned today is on our website, wabe.org slash citylights. This is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. Matilda is a witty, intelligent young girl with psychokinetic powers. The clever character was created by the popular children's author Roald Dahl and later adapted as a musical. The show was a huge hit in London and on Broadway, and now the Atlanta Lyric Theatre presents a production of Matilda the Musical, playing through June 26th. Joining me now via Zoom are the director, Bethany Irby, and Marissa Bondurant, who plays Matilda. Welcome to City Lights. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Okay. This question is for either or both of you. Matilda is such a beloved classic. Many of our listeners will know it well. But nevertheless, would you give us a synopsis of the story of Matilda? Sure, I'll take that question. This is Bethany speaking. Matilda is a story of a little girl in a tough situation who discovers at the beginning that unlike the books she loves so much, her story is not completed and she can write her own story even though she's little, she can do a lot and uh, change the outcome of her life. So there, there are definite villains in the story, and she finds her voice and learns to stand up for what's right. Marissa, you are a very accomplished actor for your age. Please tell us why you wanted to become an actor and what you love about theater. Well. I started acting when I was six because my neighbor had introduced me to a summer camp and I loved it ever since. I just love the theater because I love getting into the character and learning how the character is just like you in some ways. Hmm. How old are you now? I am recently 11. Oh, wow. So how... Are you similar to Matilda? I think both me and Matilda stand up for what's right, and we don't let other people take advantage of us. Mm, important. Did you read the book by Roald Dahl or watch the 1996 movie to prepare for this role? I did watch the movie. I did not read the book, however. Okay. How does this story uplift kids who might be living in abusive homes or unsupportive school environments? It tells them that you can do something, even though you're really little. It tells them that you can make yourself a happy ending if you just do what's right. Yeah, not always easy when... You are around adults who can be cruel. Bethany, how would you weigh in on the message of Matilda's story uplifting kids from abusive homes or who are bullied in school? So the story of her finding her voice, finding her ability to stand up against the bully is a through line throughout the show. Like I said, at the beginning, her first song 
says, even though you're little, you can do a lot. Never let being little stop you. And she realizes that she can take a stand against these tough people in her life. And it begins in her home. And then it spirals out into her school where her principal is, is really tough. And um, throughout the play, there's um, her teacher is following a, a similar track. They're, they're running parallel throughout the show, finding their voices. And you see that in an adult and in a child. And together, they support each other and help each other against the bad guys. Hmm. Matilda has the gift of magic, but one of her greatest superpowers is finding validation and worth within Mm. herself, despite not finding it at home. How does she manage to accomplish that at such a young age? She has this confidence, and Marissa plays it beautifully. And one thing we worked on, it doesn't come from any a place of anger or sass as some kids could play this part but it it comes from the fact that matilda is a truth teller she sees truth and she speaks up for truth and she says throughout the show that's not right and she sees the things that aren't right and speaks about them until she's able to change them Matilda made its premiere as a musical in England 12 years ago. The original book came out in 1988. Have you made adjustments in this production to make it more contemporary or more American? We have not made adjustments in that way. Uh, What's interesting is that the musical, uh, some people compare it to the movie, but but the movie is a little bit different and it, it did Americanize it in the movie. The musical is so many verbatim lines from the book. It's, it's so similar to the original source. And we have not made adjustments to prepare us for America. And, but we do think that it, it applies still, it's still an applicable tale. Um, Throughout the process, I've thought of all the, children today who are leading protests and, you know, using their social media platform to go for change in the world. And this idea that children are people who have ideas and and voices they can use to change the world, even at a young age, is very in right now, which I love. And that was Roald Dahl's message in 1988. Marissa, Do you speak in American English or do you and the other actors speak British English? Yeah, we do speak in a British accent and we have different dialects to make it sound really British. Oh, wow. Can you give us an example? For example, in the show, I say, But Miss Honey, you can't live in a shed. So the can't has like an O instead of an A. Oh, wow, that's good. Thank you. (laughs) This production requires a very large cast, 31 members, 16 of whom are teens or younger. Bethany, please tell us about working with such a big group of young and very young actors for this musical. Yes, we have a large cast and they are split up into three groups. We have adults, teens, and kids. In the play, they're supposed to, said to be around five, but kindergarten age, but they are usually there. I think all of our kids are in the double digits or almost there. I'm just thankful that I have a history of directing large middle school and high school productions because It was a lot of people to manage. We had a wonderful team of music director, choreographer, and stage management. So it really came together beautifully, but it was a lot of people to move around and to organize. 
Okay, so the expression herding <laughs> cats does not apply here. These are all very collaborative actors and well-behaved. 100%. This is a group of professionals. People will be blown away by the talent and focus and commitment from these children who have lots of stage experience and are really bringing you a powerful show. Mm. If you are just joining us, this is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitz, speaking with the director, Bethany Irby, and actor Marissa Bondurant about Atlanta Lyric Theater's production of Matilda the Musical. I'd love to hear about some of the songs in Matilda the Musical. What are a few highlights? I love the history of the musical. It, it's the, the songs were written by a British comedian who was known for writing funny songs, very witty, intelligent, multi-layered comedy songs. And he was hired to write the show. So you could see the show several times and pick up new phrases, new meanings, new layers to the song. So it's, it's beautiful, masterful work. Um, some of the highlights, of course, when the kids are singing, uh, they have this great song when the little kids come to the big scary school the first day and the teenagers come out and they tell them what school's going to be like and it's going to be hard and they sing this song. Then you realize that they're actually singing the alphabet layers keep coming off and you realize that they've been trying to teach the kids the alphabet while they've been singing the whole time and you're kind of blown away by the intelligence of that writing and then in act two on the flip side marissa sings a song which is an internal monologue set to music where she talks about how when life is really crazy around her everything goes quiet and she finds a quietness inside I can speak praisingly of her. It is beautifully sung and a really powerful moment in the second act. Marissa, is that your favorite song? Yes, it is. Is there another that is a close second for you from this show? I'd probably say I'm here because it's just such a beautiful song to hear. What's the message? Well, the message of the song is like during the song, Matilda kind of wishes that she could be free. And so she kind of imagines that somebody comes to save her, which is really, really powerful. I can imagine. But that day, the escapologist happened to come home early. And when he heard the sound of his daughter's tears, he smashed the door open. Don't cry, I am here, little girl. 
several other memorable characters in the story of Matilda. Bethany, I think you touched on the quiet and kind teacher, Miss Honey. There's the brutal Miss Trunchbull. And poor Bruce Bogtrotter, who's forced to eat an entire chocolate cake in front of the whole school. Mind you, that doesn't sound like the worst punishment to me, but in front of the whole school, I get it. By making this book into a musical, how did it expand upon the original story? Well, all of those elements are there. I think when you are able to see these adult characters, uh, the whole show is set up where you have you know, Matilda, your protagonist, up against this world that just seems so oppressive to her. So these adults, the oppressors of the story, are larger than life. They are uh, traditionally Miss Trunchbull is played by a man. And to have a man play this character of the scary principal helps to add to just how scary this must have been for this child to be up against this um, antagonist of the story. And we really push the cartoon value of all the antagonist adults that to make them larger than life, to make it seem like how a child remembers their past is bigger than it actually was. Um, and to give uh, some humor so it wouldn't be too scary for the children and to make Matilda's victory at the end even that much more remarkable. I read that Matilda the Musical is coming out on Netflix in December. Was that just a nice coincidence lining up your production for this season or, or was it? Well, considering planned? we plan to do the show summer of 2020, it definitely was a coincidence. This show has, <laughs> we originally cast this show when I had a brand new baby in 2020. And now I have a potty trained two and a half year old. So that's, that's how long <laughs> uh, the whole process has been given the COVID pandemic. Bethany Irby, director of Atlanta Lyric Theater's production of Matilda the Musical and Marissa Bondurant, who plays the role of Matilda. The show is on stage through June 26th at the Jenny T. Anderson Theater in Marietta. More information is on our website, wabe.org slash citylights. A vivid showcase of works by 20 Latin American artists is on view in a group exhibition at the Quinlan Visual Arts Center in Gainesville, Georgia. Something to Declare has brought together 20 artists from throughout the eastern United States to proclaim, We Are Here, Carlos Solis, curator and one of the featured artists wants to eradicate stereotypes and elevate the voices of Latinx artists. The portray of being an artist or a Latino in the, in the States basically come from the media. And when you watch TV, it wasn't too positive, let's put it that way. So Based on that, um, and based on in my experience here moving to Georgia, talking to people, especially people within the art world, 
you realize how bad it is. That motivates me even more, you know, to have this group to promote Latin American art, because I believe art is a good way to create, you know, bridges and connect with people in a positive way. The exhibition is free and on view through August 6th. You've been listening to City Lights, our daily exploration of arts and culture. Tomorrow at 11 a.m., our food history series, Atlanta's Savory Stories, explores everyone's favorite summertime treat, ice cream. Well, for some of us, that's all year. Plus, R&B artist Jasmine Robinson tells us about her Bridgerton-influenced music video for her hit song, Money and Cards. If you missed part of today's show, you can catch up on our website, wabe.org slash citylights. There you'll find our complete archive of interviews, so you can listen to City Lights on your schedule. City Lights senior producer is Kim Troves. Summer Evans is our producer, and our engineer is Shelley Canavy. I'm your host, Lois Reitzes, and we want you to connect with City Lights on social media. We're at WABE City Lights on Facebook and Instagram, and you can follow me on Twitter at L-O-I-S-R-E-I-T-Z-E-S. Thanks for listening to WABE Atlanta. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Have you donated to WABE yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wabe.org slash donate and become a member right now. And thank you.